Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Tara Williams with the Mom Manual. I am super excited for our guest today, Cass Martin. She is a mom of three, a life coach, a Zumba educator, a podcaster, and most important, a positivity spreader. Cass, mm. welcome to the podcast. Woo! Thank you, Tara. It's nice to be here. I'm so actually super excited to be on this podcast because mom life is the best life. I love that. I used to have a sweatshirt that said that. Oh, that's amazing. And here's a funny story before we jump in. So my kids are really close in age and we'll get to your kids because they are not close in age, but all four of mine are, are within five and a half years. And there was one night that I was trying to bathe everybody. And it was just, it was one of those chaotic nights. Yes. And my daughter at the time, probably just five. And she said, mom, your sweatshirt says mom life is the best life. But I bet right now you think mom life is the worst life. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it just, it like broke my heart in that moment because our kids are so perceptive. Yeah. It brought you right back to reality. You're like, yeah, I'm yelling at everybody. I'm not having the best life. To remind myself. (laughs) But Cass, you have, people can't see you because we're on a podcast, but you just radiate light and positivity. And I love that so much. So tell us your journey and your experience and all your qualifications. (laughs) Well, My qualification is life and I am in it like everybody else trying to figure it out day to day, every day, figuring out life and showing up as my best looks very, very different. So growing up, I was, I was actually the anti-working mom. My mom worked and I come from like, kind of like an unstable background. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to do one thing, I'm going to not be a working mom. I'm never going to work. I told my husband, like, you better figure this thing out as a dentist because I'm never working. Mm -hmm. And I had my two kids. And all of a sudden, I actually felt kind of like an uneasiness in my soul is how I would describe it. And I, I knew that there was something additional that I wanted to do that I could do that was kind of calling me that I had to shift my mind of like, I can be a mom and I can do something else. Like it was the first time I actually even thought about it. So I started teaching Zumba fitness and then I started working for Zumba fitness as a Zumba education specialist, which means that I teach other people how to teach. Okay. And in that, I also am one of their presenters and I've traveled the world. I've traveled to over 60 different countries, teaching, presenting, educating, and I absolutely became very, very passionate about both of my lives, my life on the road, working and my life at home, being with my kids. I love, I do love being a mom first and foremost. It is so fun and also teaches me more about myself than any other job ever could. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as I was teaching fitness, 
I realized that what people needed was emotional fitness and mental fitness. Yes. Because after I would do this big class, there could be a thousand people in the audience and what they were coming up to me and asking me about afterward, we do like a meet and greet and they would come up and ask questions. And it was never about what we had just experienced together. Yeah. It was always like, how do I gain confidence? There's things I want to do in my life and I just don't feel like I can do them. I don't know how to take the next step. I feel lost. I feel stuck. And so this is where my dive into personal development and becoming a coach and starting my own personal development company began. Yeah. And I've done group coaching and I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching because like we were talking before, like I like to dive deep into what's happening real time. What are our triggers? How can we help that? And COVID changed a lot of my travel for work. Mm, yeah. So big groups of people in close proximity was the name of the game with Zumba Fitness and that couldn't be done. So we changed everything virtually. But in that, it also gave me a little bit more time to focus on other endeavors because I wasn't on the road so much. So my sister and I have had a lot of time to build different brands together. We have a fitness app. We have a podcast. Um, I do my coaching and I also had my third baby over the pandemic as well. <laughs> and how old are your other two kids? So my kids are 18. I have a son who is nearly six, five oh. who is 18 years old. It kills me every day. I look at him in awe. Like I cannot believe I gave birth to you. Yeah. My 18 year old son, a 15 year old daughter. And then I wanted to take a break. I didn't know how long that break was going to be. My daughter was really, really colicky mm. and I was really struggling with myself. I was struggling with connecting with her. She knew exactly what she wanted the day she was born, but all she could do was scream about it oh. until she could talk and express herself and that we could have some like reasoning. Right. I would say six years. It was really, really rough. Yeah. And I know a lot of moms can relate to that. And you just feel like no matter what you try, there doesn't seem to be a solution. And let's say one day you find something and it works, you try it the next day and it doesn't work again. And so I wanted to take a break until I felt like emotionally, we all could handle another child in the house. Yeah. And oddly enough, I had planned on, okay, when she's in first grade, she'll be in school all day long. I love her. She has the coolest personality on the planet. Yeah. But as a kid, as a baby, as a toddler, as an infant, yeah. it was really, it was really hard for me. Then first grade came and went and I didn't have another baby until she was 14. <laughs> so yes. there's 18, 15. And now we have our little 18 month old baby and she is so fun. It is so fun. It's really fun to have age different dynamics. And it's funny because we went on a trip. And everybody kept on saying, just wait till she's older. Just wait till she's older. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, I totally get that. Cause I have my teenagers at home. I yeah. know exactly what you mean, <laughs> but you know, balancing all these things while trying to also meet the demands of what we feel motherhood should look like, feel like these are all kind of the, you know, the, the human experience and, and, uh, I feel for all moms who are in the thick of it and also trying to discover who they are, bring their skills and their hobbies to the forefront. It's, it's yeah. not easy. 
And I think that leads so great into our first takeaway. Do you want to share that with our listeners? Absolutely. What would the title of my mom manual be? So if I were to write a manual, first off, I think I would probably, it would look so combobulated, you know, because every day being a mom looks so different, but it would be how to love life as a mom while giving yourself permission to go for your dreams and pursue your passions. Be everything, be it all, be you. I love that. I love that. You know, being a mom and a woman, it's a complex thing. Yeah. Well, and there's, you know, your upbringing is really interesting because I had almost a flip. So my mom is a dental hygienist and she worked two days a week while I was in school. So from seven to two. So for all intents and purposes, she was in my perception, a stay at home because she picked me up every day from school. And I I remember on Tuesdays and Thursdays, my dad would drive us because she'd leave early for work. And my dad would drive us to my friend's house before school. And then she'd give us breakfast and then she'd bring us to school. And I'll never forget this one. He was so bad at it too. And this one morning he'd make a smoothie every morning and the top like blew off and the smoothie went everywhere. And I remember him screaming and he was like slamming his fist and he was so (laughs) mad. And that's like my childhood memory of my dad driving me to my friend's house. Um, But basically I had more or less a stay-at-home mom. And I always was so driven to, I mean, now I am a CEO, right? Of a small business. But I always thought like, I'm going to be a CEO of a fortune 500 and like run GE one day, like had these huge, huge goals. And I'm not sure where or why I got that because that's not what was modeled for me, but it was just, I'm always going to have my own business. I'm going to run an organization. So it's so interesting when we look at our own kids, like how do they develop these thoughts? So yeah. Yeah. Now I have my daughters who are eight and nine. My nine-year-old is like, mom, I, I want to have 10 kids, which is such an outrageous <laughs> statement, but she has stood by that for the last five years. And she's now modifying it down to maybe six. And then my second daughter wants to go out and like rule the world. So yeah. they're just totally different, but same house, same upbringing. Which kind of releases some pressure. If we allow it to, it releases some pressure on us as moms, because guess what? They are who they are. Right. We're here to help them learn how they can be their best. But it's so funny because my sister and I are very different. I am very like, let's go after this. I jokingly say like all the fun you're having in life is because I forced you into it. Oh my God. We're like, if we do anything that's kind of adventurous or wild, because I'm like, Oh, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Where he's a little bit more safe, a little bit more thought out, but same parents, same upbringing. And we do this as adults too, but how we look at life and what we make it mean. Right. In my brain, as a little girl, my mom was working till like six or like nine 30 at night Right. on most days. So I thought, okay, if I want a stable home, I'm never going to work. And the thing is mm-hmm. our family's instability had nothing to do with my mom's job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And That's so perception, right. Exactly. So I think it does kind of release, we can release some pressure from ourselves as moms, like our kids are who they are and they're going to, they're going to also learn these lessons themselves. And we're here to kind of love them along the way and help them develop that confidence in themselves that they can give themselves permission to dream big. And, you know, we're at such a unique place in time with remote work being a very common thing now that can really do both. 
Yeah. I always say that you need help because I interview a lot of people that will say, oh, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to work part-time and then um, be with my child. And, you know, while I'm working, they can be watching TV. And I'm like, no, like if you yeah. have a full-time or part-time job, someone else needs to be watching your children. They can't yeah. be running around the house. Um, but it does give people the opportunity where before with a one-hour commute and you're away from the home, um, maybe my entire customer service team, they work in two-hour blocks while their babies nap. And they have that, I have a customer service manager and they have it all figured out when nap times change, people yep. change. Now that's a very unique job because it's only a two hour block. So that is one on our team where if there's a team call that's at a different time, like there'll be a baby on somebody's lap. And for that group of our organization, that's okay. For yep. anyone that is working full-time, that's not acceptable, but for those of them, it is. So there's really a ton of opportunities. And when, when I'm looking at your learning lessons or takeaways here. The first one is talking about permission to dream as a mom. So can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. How many times do we hear people say, I'm just a mom? Yeah. First off, being a mom is hard. So hard. Harder it's than any so job. Because yeah. you can't, you're never, you can't clock in or clock out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember my, my husband and I, our dynamic shift when I started working and traveling, he stayed home. So completely full-time. Yeah. Yep. Wow. He was doing like my daughter's hair for like cheer competitions and he was doing the carpool. And so we've always had a very moldable roles as parents and as husband and wife. And, and something that somebody said to me one time was, your husband helped you give yourself permission to dream. Hmm. And I, I thought it was really beautiful because I think that in, in our culture and our society, there is this thought of like, well, when you become a mom, you can't do anything. Right. But what if instead of that being the definitive option, we said, when you're a human, you can do anything you want. When you're a woman, you can do anything you want. You can be a mom, you can be a CEO, you can do all of these things. Now, finding ways to fit it all into your time span. Now that that's going to take a little bit of like a jigsaw puzzle and Jenga type of maneuvering. But I think it's very hard to feel like you're truly in alignment with who you are if you're always doling down your like dreams. I think that what happens is when we become a mom, we are kind of in this process where you feel like, okay, now it's time for me to not do any of the other things that I love. Like, this is the one thing that I need to do. I actually remember this feeling, even when I got married, Hmm. when you start a new role in life, it's almost like, okay, I've got to re-identify what are the things that I want most in my life? What do I want my life to look like? Then when you become a mom, you don't have to always swipe it away. You can say, you know what? This is what I really feel passionate about because we are all designed so different and so unique and we all have something to offer other people. Right. And so if there's something that ignites you and something that you really feel like, you know, that's actually really of interest to me. Yeah. Don't put it on the back burner. Don't keep putting you, yourself, your dreams on the back burner. You will forget where you put yourself. What you want to do is open up your mind to like, how would I make that work? Is that a possibility? So something like with my coaching clients, I start really early in the morning. 
Hmm. because I have all these other things I do during the daytime and when my kids are awake and it's summertime. And so my coaching clients, like I'll have to wake up sometimes I'll wake up at, you know, four 30 or five 30, I'll work out. I'll start coaching, get a few clients in before my daughter wakes up. I put her to bed late because I need her to sleep in. So there's a lot of adjustments that we can continue doing to, to say yes to life. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Well, and everyone has the same amount of hours in the day. Yeah. It's just really how you line them up. And um, you said so many good things right there. Okay. First though, you will forget where you put yourself. I think that's such a powerful statement. And I'm trying to think of a time in my life where I felt like that. But like I said earlier, I have just always been this super driven. I actually wanted to be a life coach in high school. Like it was something where I felt like I had this positivity to share and I'm, I have ADHD. So I'm like always going and always thinking and always moving. And I'm like going a million miles an hour. And people are like, how do you have so much energy? Um, and, but it's just, it's who I am. And I'm, I'm just excited about life. And yeah. I'm, I'm one of five. And I think we my do. sister, you are, I'm the oldest. I'm and the baby. So, okay. Opposite <laughs> ends. I hope she's not listening to this, but she's more on like the negative side. So it's always, things are a problem. Things aren't working out for her. And my dad is definitely really like that. And then my mom is super positive. And so I remember they'd always say like, oh, your sister. And she's not like overly negative. If you met her, you'd be like, she's amazing. Like she's my best friend. She's awesome. But it's, she definitely comes more from a lens of there's always something, there's a focus on what's not going right. And so I would say like, just every day, look for something positive, because when you look for the positive, you'll find it. When you look for the negative, you'll find that too. Oh yeah. And perception is reality. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is a really cool thing. You know how you see that meme and it's like, I think therefore I am. And it's like the picture of the thinker. So I'd always see that. And I'm like, ah, but how does that really like pertain to me? I don't really get that. I don't really understand what they're saying, but when you actually look at I love to study and listen to like podcasts and books on the brain and how the brain works and how thoughts work and all these things connected. When we think something without your permission, it releases a chemical, a hormone to make you feel the way that you think. Hmm. So if you were right now, if you were to hit pause after this, you say, you know what? I'm going to think of the funnest time I've ever had with my friends. Maybe it's in high school. We were laughing so hard. We could not control our laughter. It was the funnest time we were going to a game and instantly there is a shift of energy in your body. Yeah. Because your brain releases a chemical to make you feel the way that you think now, how you feel will then dictate what you do with it. Right. You're feeling positive, optimistic. You're going to find solutions. If you're feeling like life never works for you, which was a limiting belief I had for a really long time, Hmm. then things don't work out for you. Right. Because you think it creates how you feel, which creates how you act. Yeah. So if you can, it's like so cliche to be like, think positive, but guys, it's not cliche when you put it into practice, when you're feeling so stressed out and you're feeling like what you want to do is chuck the shoe at your kid because they never clean their room. It's hard to think positive. Yeah. But this is where you got to put it in action. And instead of getting mad about the shoe, you got to shift your thoughts and be like, you know what? This is actually exactly how kids are supposed to be. Right. Like I look at my teenagers rooms and 
Now, listen, I don't do this all the time, but this is a new thing that I've been practicing for a number of months. Like rather than looking at their room and being like, you guys are freaking pigs. Yeah. Instead looking at their room and being like, oh my gosh, I totally remember being a teenager and my room was so messy like that. They're growing up. This is what it's like. They're going through it. Yeah. And I get to create how I feel. So then I better start planting in thoughts that make me feel how I want to feel in life. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. To that point, this is, this is a sidebar, but it's such a funny one. So I'm, I'm 16 years older than I have twin brothers. And one of the twins lived with me his junior year of high school. When he first came, my parents had really babied him. They'd done, they had done all his laundry and he had done nothing. And yeah. so I said, okay, I have four other kids. Like I'm, I'm not taking, like you have to do your own laundry. And so I showed him how to use the washing machine and the dryer. And I said, for the washing machine, you can choose the fast option because that washes it just fine. And on the machine, it's one of those digital ones. And it said 0.17. And he said to me, oh my gosh, it washes in 17 seconds. And this, this is a junior in high school. And I was like, no, honey, 17 minutes. And he was yes. like, oh, okay. And it was like, he had just got here. I was kind of showing him like, you know, this is how everything works, whatever. And it just, in that moment, it was like, it was just such a humbling experience. Cause I'm like, I'm dealing with a child. Cause at the time he too was six, six, one, right. He's a bit, he's looking, <laughs> he looks like an adult, but he's still thinking like a child. And I could have been annoyed. Right. But I just yeah. laughed. And I tell, that is like one of my favorite stories. Cause I'm like, yeah. it's so ridiculous, but it also illustrates where kids in high school are like we totally. they big, but they're not, they're still eight-year-olds inside. Yeah. And so we get, we, this is where like, and especially as a mom, this is where we get to choose. You know, and it's like mom life is the best life. (laughs) Sometimes looks like mom's life is the worst life because we're still trying to figure it out, but we can easily say, okay, let me rethink. How do I want to feel? And how would I, how would like my thinking support that? And as far as like putting yourself on the back burner, I think that a lot of moms, they say like, I don't, I, so I'm in the, in the fitness industry, right? the coaching industry. I hear two things a lot. I don't invest in myself. I don't spend money on myself. Hmm. It's something that I hear a lot of moms say like, oh, I just don't, I'm not comfortable. I don't usually spend money on myself. And I'm like, well, when you invest in yourself, this is when you start to see your returns, right? Where you start to get change in your life. And I don't have time to work out. This is another one I hear a lot. And when you are a mom, you don't want to feel like you're pouring from an empty cup. Yes. I hear this all the time. Yes. Yeah, You have to do all the things that make you feel that overflow your cup. Right. So that everything extra goes to everybody else. When I take care of me, when I wake up, when I take care of my body, when I take care of my mind, when I plan fun things, when I, when I don't keep like turning down the volume on my like wishes and dreams and if I can kind of turn the volume up and kind of feel like, Hey, I feel alive. I'm having fun. This is where I feel like I have so much more to give others. Right. This is where I'm more patient with my kids. This is where I'm more loving with my kids. This is when I'm more teachable with my kids. And so if you're feeling like, okay, I'm just pouring from an empty cup because everybody takes so much because sometimes like with my year and a half old baby, she can't do anything for herself. Nothing. So of course I feel like I got to do it all. But at the same time, I have to take care of myself and it's not selfish. It's taking care of me as a person so that I can then 
have a lot more that I can offer and give and provide for the people in my life that I love. Yes. I, I mean, that is, if, if you guys haven't heard that, I hear it because that, hear it. Hey, that's hear, like hear. the number one thing that I, I think people are, are always talking about. As I'm hearing you talk, I, I feel like I do a lot of that, but I also have somebody who helps me with my kids full time. Yep. What about for the mom who's listening, who stays home and is like, but there's nobody to help me. Like, I don't have time. I I'm with my kids all day. Like I can't go to the gym. I mean, I feel like I literally can't go. Like what, what would you say to them? Well, maybe I would ask them to dig a little deeper on why, because a lot of times there's times I've decided I can't do that. It doesn't work. I can't do it when actually I can, if you had to, you would find a way to make it work. Now, what I used to do is I would go on a run. I'd push my kids in the jogger stroller. I would do at home workouts. Like I have a fitness app. You could do, you could do a five minute, a 10 minute, a 25 minute, 30 minute workout through my fitness app, right? Where you don't even have to leave the house. You can do it when your kids nap, or I know it feels impossible to wake up earlier to take care of yourself. But if I wake up a half hour early before anybody else wakes up, yeah, I get to have moments to myself where I can feel a little bit more, more like me, less like Hulk mom. Sometimes I turn into Hulk mom. Yeah. Where it's like, rah. So for example, I, my kids will be like, mom, I can't find my, I can't find my backpack anywhere. I can't find my glasses. I can't find my keys. I can't find my shoes. They have decided that they can't find it. Right. I don't know how long they looked. I don't know how many like things they turned over, but they decided it, it disappeared. So I walk in and I'm like, oh, I'm going to find this for sure. I know I'm going to find that. I bet you your glasses are in your room. Let's go find them. Yep. I have a mindset of we're going to find this. He has a mindset of it's lost forever. And so sometimes in decisions in life, we have to ask ourselves, have I decided that it's lost forever? The possibility of me going to a gym or taking care of myself or diving into some interests or hobbies or taking an online class. Have I already decided that it's not going to work before I even tried? Yeah. Maybe you can do a trade with a mom and you trade times where you watch their kids, they watch your kids. So you each have that, or maybe you meet at a park and you guys do an outdoor, like there's so many options. So you got to ask yourself, like, did I decide that it's not going to work before I even tried Right. or just keep trying for more options if you want it? Yeah. And there's, you know, I think one thing that I, I was thinking about is the discipline aspect that comes into it. And you said you wake up at 4.30 or 5.30 to work out. I would beg to say that most people's husbands aren't at work yet at 4.30 in the morning, right? If you really feel like you have to go to a gym outside of the house. Um, But I totally agree. Like I have, um, I have an app. I'll have to check out yours and they have 15 minute workouts, 30 minute workouts, whatever it is. And some are no weights. And so it's, it's not that I can't make it to the gym. It's just, if I have a super crazy day and for me, working out is not necessarily like, I don't work out to gain muscle or lose weight. I work out for the mental aspect. It's a non-negotiable for me. It's like brushing my teeth. It's taking care of my body. I, I like sometimes if we're on a vacation, my husband's like, you're going to go running right now. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I, this is what makes my life possible. Yeah. If I want to show up as me. I have to allow myself to have 30 minutes to me. Mm -hmm. And so it does take a little bit of like 
maybe problem solving, but let's say you wanted to go like to the mall and you had a return. Let's say you're going to Target. I know a lot of moms can relate to this and you have a return or you want to buy something. And let's say there's like road construction and your road is closed. You wouldn't be like, oh, I'm just not going to go. You'd be like, oh, I'll take a side road. Right. And then let's say there's an accident. And so that road is blocked. Well, okay, no, now I know I can take this other route. I know 10 ways that I'm going to get to Target. Right. Or whatever it is. And you find those things like for me, working out. And like, I love to listen to a positive podcast. I know that I need to take care of mental and I need to take care of physical. That's what makes my life possible. And so they're non-negotiable. It's just like, I, I would never leave my dishes for three months and never do my dishes for three months. Never. So I think that sometimes we allow for ourselves to not take care of us. Right. And we think like, Oh, I just don't have time for it. But think of all the other things that you make time for. Yeah. And so you got to just kind of, yeah, yeah. you got to kind of shift that because it's not just me thinking it or Tara thinking it, this is backed by science and research. Like you have to do these things for longevity of survival when you're in the thick of it for parenting or work, or just like your everyday well-being. It's really important. And I study a lot on like high achievers and CEOs and like management style because I am running a company. And the number one thing is it's waking up early. It's having a disciplined schedule. It's having a morning routine and moving your body in some way, working out in some way. And the the next thing actually that high achievers do is they have a separate passion outside of their job, which really comes back to if you are a mom, there's what is your other passion? And you look at these, I was listening to Bob Iger. He was the CEO of Disney, the Walt Disney company, and he was running triathlons. And everyone's like, how could you run Disney? No, figured, you know, no one intended. And then also be running half marathons. But it's like, he woke up every morning at four and he trained before work. And having that like compartmentalized separate passion of his is what like fueled him to be so productive in his role. And so that's just one example, but we can talk through this every which way there's, I feel like just basic things that everyone at this point should mostly know. And if you're doing them, like you're, it's a, it's a game plan. You don't, you don't have to reinvent it. It's it's just do the basic things and you're going to be more productive and, and happier, more fulfilled. Going back to, you said positive podcasts. I always love knowing what other podcasts people listen to. What, what are your top couple that you like? Ooh, let me go to my little podcast app. So I, I love anything that Mel Robbins puts out. I'm obsessed with. She's my favorite. I love her. I really love to listen to Hidden Brain. It's pretty uh, fascinating. My dad actually died 10 years ago of brain cancer. And since then, I've been very fascinated in the brain. And so I like to know how the brain works. And not that it was like a direct correlation, but that's when it was like, huh, because I saw his brain start to like misfire through his sickness Mm. that it made me really fascinated on it. I also, there's another one about the brain. It's called the Huberman lab. Okay. But I love better than happy by Jody Moore. And I love on purpose with Jay Shetty. I will listen to my own. It's called little bits of awesome. My sister and I do it. I'll get that in there. Um, we talk about, uh, how to train your brain to find the positive in every day, how to find the awesome, how to create it because 
life doesn't play favorites. Everybody's got life coming at them, but the more you practice it, the more it'll be a skill. You can gain confidence in finding the good in every day. And we have a lot of fun. We're best friends. We're business partners. And uh, it's a party. Just barely, I listened, I finished a book, The Art of Living. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. And especially for moms, there's two books that changed me with motherhood. Hmm. And one is The Awakened Family. Okay. And the other is Loving What Is. And both of those were very, very impactful for me. And, you know, it's interesting in the art of living, they were talking about how everything in our life is in our life because we want it. And you're looking at the person who's running Disney and running triathlons. And the reason why he was able to do both is because he wanted to. And so sometimes our choice is like, oh, I just want to be mad. I want to be frustrated. I want to be irritable. And I have days like that. Yeah. And then I have to say, okay, how, what do I really want? (laughs) I want to, I want to feel good about my situation. I want to feel good about my house. I want to feel good about my kids. And so in that I can start living a life that I feel like I've created, not that it's like creating me and turning me into like this kind of grumpy person. I'm trying to reverse engineer and wake up in the morning even going to bed at night and saying, okay, what is my day going to be tomorrow? Busy people get more done. So don't be afraid to add something because busy people get more done. And on days where I feel like it's jam-packed, today is one of those days. Started really early and I'm going to be going real long today. I also remind myself a thought that I practice in my head is I am capable of doing everything that I need to do today. Yeah. There's days that you're going to be from seven to seven. And then there's days that you're going to, you're going to rest. Like Sunday is my rest day. We go to church. And then after we don't have anything on the calendar, like we'll go on a family walk or something, but it's not, we're not planning stuff. It's, it's just kind of a relaxed day. So I feel like it sets me up for the week. Yeah. I, I love that busy people. I mean, it's true. You get more done at, yeah. add something on. And, and I actually hate being bored. I feel, I mean, this is probably a me issue, but I feel almost depressed because I'm like, I'm not, I have nothing to do. I'm not being productive. That that's probably a a bigger issue. Um, but I love just putting tons of stuff on the calendar and, and really like calendaring it out. And I think there's a phrase that says the success of your day starts the night before something like that. And it's like getting to bed on the, on time, you know, all, and I keep saying like all the pieces, like everyone knows, maybe they don't, but like, you should get eight hours of sleep. You should yeah. Your body for 30 minutes a day. You should drink water throughout the day. You should eat healthy. Um, kind of well, the knowing, knowing and doing are different. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes you can look at like, Oh my gosh, there's so many things I got to do now, but really you can really start small. Yeah. Even if you said like something I do every day is I say, Hey Siri, play happy music. Yeah. I fill my home with songs that Siri has decided are happy music. I love that. And in that, let's say that I'm, I've got a day where I don't think I can make it to the gym, or I don't think I can go do these things. You can always throw your hands up in the air, run around, dance with your kids for 10 minutes. You will feel better. It'll change the chemistry in your body, change your mindset. Okay. Take away, play happy music, everyone in your house. I totally agree with that. Oh, it's the best. And it's not, and then I also don't feel the pressure of like my kids being like, mom, this song, it's like, yeah. Siri chose it. 
Yeah. It's not me. Siri did this. <laughs> I love that. Okay. We have just talked for so long, but you have two more takeaways that I want to make sure we touch on. So the next one is consistent reinvention of yourself. I think that it is a great mantra to live by that we're always changing. And especially in motherhood, every day, our kids are getting older every day. Motherhood looks different. And so when you give yourself permission to like, oh, I am just like, I am constantly evolving and I can reinvent, like there's times where I felt like, okay, this is a moment of like reinvention. Hmm. I've got a grip on my kids. They're kind of self-sufficient. I'm going to reinvent myself. I think that like, that is something that we can always be ever changing. You're not stuck. You can change. You start small and you can be reinventing yourself as a woman, as a mom, every single day, you can try something new. Right. Yeah. I think the word reinvention sounds big and scary. I mean, does that have to be a, a total new person or you're, well, it doesn't have to be, we're not wiping the slate clean. It is when you look at small shifts though, oh. take you to new low, like destinations. If you look at like a cruise ship, right. When they want to go to a different country through the night they're not like steering the boat in all these crazy directions yeah. all they do is they do a small shift right and that small shift over time brings them to an entirely new place so in reinvention if you're looking up oh i can just make a small shift i will be let's say you want to be more positive right maybe you do a sticky note on your mirror and that's the thing it's like every single day i read this and i remind myself that not only do I have a to-do list, but I have a to-do list and I'm doing awesome. Like that shift in your mind can bring you to an entirely new person from the inside out. I, I love that. Can you touch just really quickly on the to-do list? Cause I saw that on your Instagram and I thought, yeah, that's great. I love that so much. So a couple of things I do with my to-do list guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I'll make the longest to-do list of stuff that I know I'm not going to even get to. Like organize my office, put a bunch of things online, design a new course, clean the baseboards. Like I put that to-do list so crazy big. So once I look at all the things I think I need to, should do, would do in a day, I eliminate anything that doesn't have to be done. Mm -hmm. So I have like mandatory things. Like I've got to go to this meeting. I've got these clients at this time. I've got to teach at this time. Then at the end of the day, then I have a list of like things of like, oh, this is on my wish list, like organize, reorganize the office. That's on my wish list, to-do list. But at the end of the day, I really, like I pat myself on the back. I'm totally a cheesy dorky person. And I'm like, guys, like I'm actually really happy when I find something, let's say something's lost. Yeah. And I find it, I tell the whole family, guys, I thought that these keys were lost. I found them. Yeah. This is amazing. Look at what I did here. Or I'll say like, I, I just, feel that we're so used to adding to our list that we forget to say, what are the things that I did that were great? Yeah. Like keeping my kids alive. How about that? We did that today. Yeah. I fed my kids. I brushed my teeth. I got up when I set the alarm clock. Like these are all little things that if we aren't putting a focus on them, we will forget all the things that we're doing Right. And all our focus will be on all the things that we're not doing. And that does not lead to more productive life. Right. Focusing on the things that you're doing helps compound and helps gain momentum so that you can do more of those great things. 
Yeah. No, I, I love that so much. I have a to-do list every day, same thing. And at the top, it literally says to do, but I am now going to change it to, ta-da. Ta-da. So the way I, and I think the to-da list is actually going to be saved for my personal stuff. Cause I have obviously my professional business things, yep. follow up with people, et cetera. And that's a to-do, but then I do actually keep a personal to-do list, but I'm, I'm calling that one the to-da list because yeah, that it is, is. Like, what I'm trying to think of what's on my list right now. Oh, I need to order one external light for the back of my house. And when that goes off, it's going to look amazing. And that's going to be a to-da no. So and I, if, you know, if you're not focusing on like, oh yeah, I was going to do that thing. And I did it. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. And then your last takeaway is owning the stages and ages of motherhood. Yeah. You know, um, I think for a while I thought I was doing a really good job mm-hmm. and when my kids became teenagers, I was like, wow, I have to re I have to reinvent. Yeah. I got to reinvent how I do this. I got to look at different options. I got to sort of be willing to try new things and motherhood in particular looks different every day because our kids are growing and there are stages where you're in the thick of it and you have young kids. And then there are stages like right now with my daughter, who's a year and a half. Yeah. I just, I love everything that she's doing because every day is a new discovery. And there are days where literally she's emptying out every single drawer and it's impossible to get things done. And then I have to say, you know what, this phase, this is a phase. Yeah. And it's really, since I have a visual reminder of my teenagers and her, yeah, it kind of brings me back to just being present with what really is happening in real time. Like she's not going to stay this age forever and neither are my teenagers. And so the more I can be present, the less overwhelmed I feel with some of those stages that are harder. Yeah. And I just, if I have an attitude of like, I'm going to welcome them, then yeah. I don't feel the overwhelm of like, how am I going to get out of this? I totally agree with that. And I I think for me as a mom, I have my, my my kids now are four, seven, eight, and nine, and my girls are both turning nine and 10 this summer. And they are, they're not in that like baby stage anymore. And there's, there's a part of me that's um, like, they're not on the same level as my four-year-old. Right. So when we we went to Chick-fil-A and we got kids meals and one of my daughters was like, mom, like this is enough food for me. And I'm like, "Mm, it's fine. But you know, it's just like little things like that, that I I feel sad almost, but then there's also this exciting part that they're turning into people and they're growing into these like beautiful young women. And it's trying to like, for me, embrace, because I love the baby stage. I'm like, give me zero to five all day long. Like that (laughs) is my favorite. And I know so many of my friends were like, I cannot wait to be out of this stage. And I'm like, this is the best ever. So I'm, I'm really trying to embrace that you know, it's fun and look for different bonding activities. My daughters, we had special time. We went to Target. She got a Frappuccino drink from Starbucks inside Target last night. And we bought like a pen and it was just, it was such a great night for her. And it was a one-on-one and it was fun because we were driving in the car and and she took my phone and was looking at TikTok, which I hate and they don't have phones, but, and I said, Lydia, come on, hun, we're in the car together. And I said, give me my phone back. This is your special night. And then she said, okay, mom, what do you want to talk about? And I was like, oh my gosh, you're such a teenager. Like oh, it was, yeah. just, it was yeah. just such a moment that I'm like, oh, but you know, it's, it's, I'm trying to embrace each of the stages. And I don't, I think for me, it, it's hard, but for people who love the older kids, like, I don't know, maybe more yeah, it's a, because the truth is these, these phases are happening with or without our permission. Right. 
And so the more that we can be present with like, okay, well, what's happening right now with the ages that they're at and how can I, the more I focus on connection, the more I love each phase. Yeah. I'll notice that like with Beverly, my little one, when I'm feeling really overwhelmed, what I actually need to do is like sit down and play with like blocks and read her books and just push her in the swing. And with my teenagers, when I'm feeling overwhelmed with them, what I really need to do is like go into their room and sit on their bed and have them play me music and tell me what's going on in school. And I ask a lot of questions with those teenagers. Yeah. What are you doing? What'd you guys eat? Who was there? What's everybody talking about? What time did people leave? What are people's summer plans? I mean, I just go on and on and on and on. Yeah. Because my, my goal right now with them is just to continue to build that like deep connection. Right. We're like, Beverly, like, we're not having those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. So is, is she your last? Yeah. Okay. So I think there's something so special about that too. Like when my fourth was definitely our last and there every moment I felt like I just, I like, Oh yeah. Like I pushed him on the swing. I'm like, last time he's going to be six months pushing on the swing. Like I just, I loved it. I'm I'm actually, this is so funny. I'm looking forward to being a grandparent. (laughs) Serious though. I totally get that. (laughs) I'm excited because I love babies and I love doing all the fun stuff with them. I think, I think you brought up a good point where it's like, you know, when, when our, when the mind is like, Hey, this is, I need to live this up because this is the last time I'm going to have a baby in the house. All of a sudden we appreciate it more. And so I'm kind of doing that with my teenagers. Like they're not going to be in the house forever. Like I'm totally appreciating what they're providing with the dynamics in our house. Like I'll be really, really sad when my 18 year old moves out. That'll be really hard. And yet now it'd be time for me to kind of like, okay, reinvent. What does that look like? Yeah. How do I want to, how do I want to be? Because since it is ever changing, we also have a lot of choice in how we want to be, how we want to show up, what we want to do in this ever changing dynamic of being a mom and a woman. And as we age and all those other things that come with it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. This was such a fun conversation. I feel like I can forever. Um, Let's jump into our fire round really quick. So it's just a couple fun questions. So what are you currently binging on TV? Ooh, I just got into, um, dream. It's a design show. So first off, is it cake? Everybody needs to watch. Is it cake on Netflix? I binged that. And now I am into design show with studio McGee and it is called dream home makeover. Oh, so wait, studio McGee has a show. Yeah. Oh, I love them. Okay. I'm going to have to make over. And it's, I love because she helps people create space that they share with the people they love. It's amazing. It's definitely binge worthy. I love that. Any home show, give, give, give it to me. I love cooking shows, even though I don't cook. But what's your most recent book that you've read? The one it's called the art of living. And it is by, I just finished it yesterday. And let me see who it's by Bob Proctor. Okay. That one we talked about and all for anyone earlier who was like frantically writing notes, I wrote down all her positive podcasts and her book recommendations. So we'll include those in the show notes. Okay. This is a perfect one for you. What's your go-to productivity app? Ooh, 
I drive my husband crazy because while my schedule is so full, yeah, I'm very anti over organized. Cause then I feel like I'm too scheduled. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I am like a sticky note instead of a Google calendar type of person. Okay. So I actually, I wanted to flip that on you and say, what are the productivity apps that are out there? Cause I don't use any currently. Yeah. I sticky notes. This is why sometimes I feel out of control. Cause I'm like the wind blew away all my organization. Yep. Um, okay. I think I just get sponsored by these guys at some point, but the cozy app, I love it. It's called cozy C O Z I. They have, um, a bunch of free versions, which is actually what we're on. So I have four kids who have a million activities. Um, me and my husband both work full time. We have someone who works full time helping us with our kids. And so the three of us kind of co-parent, I would say, and, we all need to know where everyone is, like who's picking yep. up who. Um, there's even like a shopping app on there. So somebody goes to Costco once a week and everybody just puts on what everybody wants and then you click it off. So we we love it. It's amazing. I think it's especially if you're tag teaming with a husband or a oh, yeah. caregiver or a parent, grandparent, um, it's, it's an amazing app to just keep everything organized. That being said, um, Walmart delivery has saved my life. I have enjoyed being a mom of a baby so much more now because I don't have to go grocery shopping. So my husband and I will both throw things on the grocery list. We yeah. haven't delivered. It is, it makes my life so much more simple. So there's, I guess that's a little productivity hack for me. That is a hack. Okay. But I always think, isn't it way expensive to get it delivered? So you actually, it's a hundred dollars for the year. Okay. A free delivery okay. if you're over $35. And they don't upcharge the cost on each of the items or they do. No, not that I, not that I noticed. They look pretty much side by side where like DoorDash or something will upcharge right. These are like the same prices. And they even have like the markdowns like they do in the store. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. So yeah, unless yeah. I'm just totally not knowing, but it looks kind of the same. <laughs> I, I think that is, that makes sense. And, and preventing a trip to the store, nobody wants to go grocery shopping. Yes, exactly. Okay. Final one. What is your go-to de-stressor? So being that it's summertime right now, I need something midday to de-stress me. Okay. So two things, one of them was play happy music. That's every day. And then also I go outside and I sit outside in the sunshine for 10 minutes. Mm, I love that. That's I get some vitamin D. I heard it on one of those brain podcasts that I listened to. And they said that that was, it's not only good just to get outside, have a change of scenery, but yeah. it's good for vitamin D and it helps balance out your hormones. So going outside and it's a good midday reset. And also I have a massage chair. Oh, okay. Yes. Around Mother's Day, my husband saw a flash deal on a massage chair. I'm telling you, it's one of the best things ever. But every day I go in there and I say, okay. And last night it was like 11 o'clock at night. I said, I've got to get in the massage chair. And I sit in there and I just tell myself like, this is a gift to myself. I'm doing it. this because it's kind of like a ta-da time. Like I had a great day today. This chair is going to work on my body. It's going to be amazing. So those two things are great. Kind of having a midday and a nighttime reset. I love that. Amazing. Okay. This was such a fun podcast. I have so many notes. Cass, where can everybody find you? Perfect. You can go to 
Cass Martin on Instagram. That's K-A-S-S-M-A-R-T-I-N. You can go to CassMartin.com. There I have a bunch of the other things I do with coaching, with teaching virtually. And um, the app is CassAndEmily.app. Those are my three main things. And of course, the podcast, Little Bits of Awesome. Amazing, amazing. Thanks so much, Cass. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you.